Geekish Cast episode 64. Hit the art button and call it a night. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I am joined again by one of our regular contributors, Doug Stirk. Hey, Jeremy. How are you? Doing well, Doug. How about yourself? I'm doing well so far. We'll see how That's we do through this. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll do fine. <laughs> it might be a little awkward getting started, but um, we are actually here today to talk a little bit more about your art background, but also how you are making a living these days. Why don't you give us a real quick idea of what you're doing nowadays? Uh Basically, I'm an illustrator for a couple uh, adult websites. That's the, the bottom line. That's not what I tell the family. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do them, they must, I, must wonder why there's always cocks and boobs on the screen when you're working, though. Well, the, the wife sees it, and she doesn't mind. Okay. She usually just ignores it and walks on. Uh, yeah. The rest of the family, it's just, uh, of course, they'll probably listen to this. Never. Uh, I'm just a freelance graphic artist. There you go. Um, so let me, <clears throat> real quick here, um, and we've done this before, and I'll put it in the show notes where we can go back and listen to the first time that we talked about your art background. But how did you get into artwork? How did you get into 3D art? Uh, my mom's a uh, graphic artist, and I was kind of raised to be one. My dad worked a lot of uh, overtime, was out of town a lot. He was on the road for uh, General Electric, and pretty much grew up with mom and and you know, watched her go through art school when I was really young, and then just followed in her footsteps, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, as far as formal background, I've, I've got a high school education. I, I took art all through high school, and I guess they went up to a commercial art class. Uh, after that, I've taken some 3D courses at a, a local college. Uh, got my webmaster certi- certification way back in the 90s. Uh, always been interested in design, always read comic books, and that's probably where most of my, I guess, my style comes from. Okay. Well, and, um, you know, we, we gathered some questions for you going into this episode, so that kind of dovetails with uh, Silver Fox, Silver Fox. Uh, this question came from DeviantArt, and the, their question was, can you live with the sell of your comics, or do you have another job, and have you studied art? So... Well, I do live off of uh, what I do as a freelance artist. I, I don't have a regular job anymore. I was I was shown the door back in 2007, but I uh, I did ignore this part of my background. I, I worked in printing for over 25 years on the uh, on the front end, as far as not the designer of the of a uh, of a product or a package, but the guy who turned that thing into something that could be printed. Okay. So did you do uh, back like in the plate making or it, photography? Exactly. Plate making. They also called it table stripping back then is, you know, when you actually made the negatives that you would use and that became your Photoshop and Illustrator and then the yeah. more advanced like Art Pro and that sort of thing. Yep. Some some shit we will never see again. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. There's so much so much of this change with just um Art, art in general, but like uh, when we were talking to the crew from Highwire, and she goes, "Well, you know, I was a single mom, and I didn't have the money to buy a lot of art supplies. But then I got Photoshop, and I didn't have to buy paint and canvases. And I'm just like, 
it's amazing to me the things that have changed just within our lifetime. Uh, there's funny little things like in Photoshop, if you look at the, uh, oh, I guess the darken button. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, there's one for like the little paddle that you used to use when you're actually in the dark room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the burn and dodge tools is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, and there's like, you're talking about that, so the old symbolism sticks around. Yeah, yeah. It's just just like how there's like a, a three-inch a three inch or a five-inch uh, floppy drive. Yeah, that's your universal save button. Yeah, no no kid today knows what the fuck that uh, is. The recent funny one I read is that uh, a dad showed a kid a floppy disk, and the kid thought that he had printed it out on a 3D printer. It's like, that's oh, cool, funny. dad, you printed out a save button. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one yet. Um so let me ask you this then. So you get into 3D art. Right. And how do you I'm, – I'm trying to figure out a delicate way to say How do you this. bridge the gap between that and doing adult work? Yeah, well, I mean, were you <laughs> – yes, but did you, were you already doing adult stuff for your own amusement? I mean, how how did you get there? I, yeah, uh, I, I guess your question's good. The, the big jump was uh, I think – well, I, I know that in the Vatican there's a secret collection of – well, I don't know. I haven't been there. But there's always reputed <laughs> to be a secret collection of porn there uh, that, yes. that you know all these great masters have also painted, you know, rather erotic paintings, et cetera. So I think every artist delves into it a little bit. Uh, my bridge was in 2000 I saw a picture on the Bob and Tom radio show's website of their character Shirtless Girl. Okay. And if you you could look up the original uh, uh, sketch or sketch for that character, but I, I I saw the drawing on there and I thought, well, I can do better than that. And I sent them in a, a 3D rendering of the same character, done kind of almost the same style, and they loved it. They wrote me right back and said, well, can you change the style because you know this technically was sent in by another fan, and it's like, oh sure. I so I did my own version of Shirtless Girl, and then before I know what I was doing a shirtless girl comic for them, um, which was like a, a weekly release for like a, a couple months. And they gave me, they didn't pay me anything, but they gave me any CDs I wanted or anything out of their store, which was kind of cool. And they said, that's got its they, advantage. Yeah. They yeah. said my name on the radio a few times. And that was, you know, I didn't realize how big they actually were at the time and, and probably still are today that they were actually you know, a syndicated broadcast, you know, morning oh, yeah. show and they're, they're everywhere well yeah we got them over i mean we still get them now uh one of them's retired i can't remember which one it That's is probably bob yeah so it's it's the other guy and chick and even christy lee is retired at this point yeah so you turn into the bob and tom show and it's just like half right. of them <laughs> you know it's, it's the blank and tom show i guess Exactly. And, uh, uh, but yeah, so they're a fairly, they have been for almost 20 years, but still are a, a large syndicated right. nationwide program. So that uh, that got my foot in the door and a few places, you know, got in touch with me and asked me if I would do something for them. And one project, although it didn't really pan out, I know it was never paid. And this is an important mm -hmm. note for anybody out there, get paid for your work. But you learn that lesson hard. Uh, it did lead me to another client, which is uh, the person at Mind Control Comics, who I've now worked for for over 10 years, just doing, you know, I'll get a script and create a, a story from that for them. Mm -hmm. And that's got, you know, a lot of exposure that way. And once again, don't get paid in exposure, you get paid in cash. Yeah, exposure doesn't pay the yeah. bills. 
Um, but if anybody would like to write blog posts for me uh, for exposure, let me know. <laughs> That's uh, Jeremy at geekishcast.com. So you got your first basic client. Um, well, I mean, you could call Bob and Tom your first client, but you didn't get paid. Right. Um, but so mind control comics. Let me, let me, I'm going to deal with something here real quick. And you tell me if I'm right or wrong. As somebody who is not a regular, um, uh, what would you call that? Um, consumer of this media. To me, mind control sex comics sound a little bit rapey. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Understood. Okay. Yeah. There, there, there is an issue there. There is a, uh, you know, it is a fetish. It is a uh, – it's one of those fetishes where, you know, if, if you're imagining yourself in the role of being controlled, it's that loss of control and that loss of inhibition. You know, it's the, the pretending and that sort of thing. You know, there's that side of the, of the, of the story or the, you know, the fetish itself. And then there, there can be interpreted as, you know, a rapey side of it. I, I hate using the word right. rapey. Because it kind of it kind well, of makes it cute, but it, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, and I, and I don't mean to diminish it. I just, oh, I know you did. I'm trying to. Yeah, I, I'm trying to make trying to stay as I mean, neutral sounding on everything as I can. You know, it is such a problem that they have a very hard time getting uh, credit card processing because of it. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, the the stories are all fictional, and they're they're not something that you know, it's not something that's real. It, it's all imaginary. It's all over the top, it's it's not. Well, I did I did read through one that you sent me. The the name of which escapes me now, but it was it was like magical. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like yeah, it wasn't yeah, like rohypnol or there's, anything. There's yeah. a magical artifact or device or something that's causing the the one person to be able to will themselves over the other, or in some cases transform the other person into something else. Right. You know, there's there's one I did where they literally become a sex doll. Or a uh, music box uh, ballerina, or you know, just bizarre things like that, and that's that hits on a whole other fetish of the transformation. Oh, sure, which is kind of where we're going to head next. Um, um, so you you start with mind control. Right. Now you're you're working for somebody else. Why don't you tell us about how you were approached or how you ended up working there and what you're doing there for the mind control comics? Uh, no, for uh, oh, TG comics. Uh, yeah. I had another client pop up out of nowhere. Basically asked me if I would illustrate somebody else's story for them. Uh, the story was the oh, it, it's the story of Sabrina Turner as the character. I'm forgetting the full title of that right now. We're actually going to uh, well, I was paid to do this hundred plus page story and convert this this you know short story into an illustrated story for this person. And they, they were really happy with it, and they said, well, why don't you, you know, you should go try out for TG Comics, or, which is tgcomics.com. And uh, I took a good look at their website, and it was very professional, very well laid out, very um, not your typical fetish website. It doesn't cater just to the the person who's getting their rocks off, you know, just reading a, a TG Comics. TG is, is transgender, of course. Mm-hmm. And I like that, that besides just the, you know, there is that, that kind of story there, but there's also stories that are very somewhat realistic. You know, the the person going through the change wanted the change, wanted to go through this, you know, to become a, a female. Usually it's a male to a female in the story. And right. there are there are stories that go the other direction, female to male. 
uh, and then back again and then forward, you know, in all different directions. You're not even sure what you are by the time the story's over. Um, but, you know, the, the TG comics seemed really interesting. I've always been fascinated by the gender role in, in a human being as far as the, the, the psychological, you know, the, the mind factor behind everything. Why, what makes a man a man, a woman a woman, et cetera. Uh, okay. I guess that's why, you know, I, I, I like strong, you know, strong women, strong men characters, you know, not. And it's interesting to take a, a strong male character in, in your story, convert them into a strong female character or a submissive female character just to, to run that character through the gambit to see what happens. All right. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to kind of put together two questions from that we got off the Internet um, and kind of get your answer to those, and then I've got a question for you separate from that. Um, one is, MJ Blog asks, why did you choose to do TG slash TF? I imagine that means transgender and transformation. Right, right, exactly. Okay. Artwork. And then the other one is, I am Seer Colts um, asking, how do you feel talking about transformation stories live on the air? Is it awkward at all to be open about TG material out in the open? Also, do you prefer TG stories or transformation stories in general? Finally, what made you want to write mostly about superhero universes? Well, I am I am Sears Colts is actually one of the contributing artists of TG Comics. Okay. So there's that. That's kind of a not a loaded question, but it's interesting to get a question from a peer. Uh, what was the first question besides Sears? Well, the first question is why did you choose did to I go do ahead it? and do? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I like short. the subject matter. It, it's a it's a fun fetish, but it's also when I started doing the adult stuff, there there weren't a lot of players in the game. There weren't a, I didn't have a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. But now, if you go to there's a site called Renderotica.com. If okay. you're familiar in in the world of uh, 3D art with uh, Poser and Daz Studio, you might also know of of a site called Renderotica, which sells the adult side of those products. You know, if you, if you need genitals for your characters, that's usually the place you go. Or, you know, anything along those lines. Um, like I said, back when I started, I didn't have a lot of competition. And now there's there's tons of competition out there. So it was a matter of finding a, a niche where I could then, you know, go into where there wasn't a lot of, you know, other people doing the exact right. same thing. And there are quite a few now uh, poser people doing the TG stuff, but... I you know I don't see it necessarily as competition. It's it's just you know other people doing the same kind of thing when there's I don't know six or eight of us rather than fifty. Yeah. So and and I like the subject matter. I'm not going to dance around that too much. It's it's a fun fetish. Okay. You know, uh, and then so how do you feel uh, going back to I am Sarah Colds? How do you feel talking about? Oh, my cheeks are a little red right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest about that, but it, you know I I don't mind it. It's you know, I'm not going to run up to my dad on Christmas Day and say, hey, I drew boobs all day, no matter what. You know? Right. <laughs> no matter how fun Although, it is. Although, if I approached him on the side, if without my my uh, other parental family, <laughs> this kind of units being around, he, he'd probably appreciate it. You okay. know, at least the boobs, and, the and, boobs he would. But Well, yeah. yeah. And then the rest of that was, um, this is again from I Am Sir Colts, do you prefer TG or uh, TF stories in general and... Uh, why do you write mostly about superhero universes? Uh, you know, right now I do prefer the, the doing the TG stuff, but the uh, you know it, whatever pays the bills right now too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, there are subject matters I will not touch. I, I don't have anything, you know, any any children in my stories, and I abs- I won't. They're not in a scene. I won't put them in a background. You know, all my characters that you know are all eighteen plus. I've had to uh, reject work because of that. Um, I don't I don't like bestiality. That's not in any of my stuff. I pretty much you know stay within the law kind of thing. You know. What I mean? Yeah, I think that's probably yeah, a good idea. That but that keeps you out of trouble, I hope. That, yeah. Of course, none and of this is real. It's all just, you know, these aren't, I'm not taking photos of real people. Oh, sure. 3D things. And as far as the superhero thing, you, you draw what you know. You write about what you know. And I've I've read comics since I was a little kid. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know you well enough, I think, to guess where that yeah. is. You're like me. It's just, you know, that's your mythology is superhero mythology. Yeah, my, uh, that's where... my big break into uh, TG Comics is my first premium story and premium means it actually cost money to read it was the misinspire trilogy um it's basically a a a take on the superhero origin story and you know it's a fun story to tell and and i i know enough about superheroes to be able to to try to do something new there it's something i don't think anybody else had done before that or as as much of it well, and then I've got – I'm going to ask you a question now, and this one's going to be a little more – I don't want to say controversial, but it is one. I have transgender friends that my life has been in, involved with, or I've had transgender family members, which I'll go into some other time. But as somebody sitting on the outside looking in, and I've heard it said before that trans fetishism is a form of transphobia. How how do you respond to that, or what are your feelings on that? Uh, you know, I see their point. I'm not going to say that's not true or that, you know, it, it depends on how you take it and what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, you know, when they, they ask the uh, the person, are you a racist? And that person says, well, no, of course, some of the blank are my best friends, you know. Right, right. In the on TG Comics, and I'm not saying this justifies it or anything, but there are a, there's a large trans following there. And a lot of the creators are actually trans themselves. Um, I'm not, but you know, that that's one side of that coin. Uh, you know, oh, I can see where things are, can be taken that way, but usually, you know, you, you have your more fetish side of a story. Uh, uh, a guy becomes the hot cheerleader at college, and you know, goes through that and the self exploration kind of point of the story. And then you also have the stories where the guy wants to become a woman, you know, in the beginning of the story or is enabled to become this or realizes that, Hey, I, you know, this is the direction I want to take. And for some people that's actually, you know, somewhat therapeutic. Um, but you know, I, I see the other side of it too. Um, okay. there's not a, there's not a demonizing of it or, you know, what I'm tra- I basically trying to get to is TG comics is, very well controlled as far as the content you see on that site. Uh, it is overseen by one person, uh, the screen named Femur, who watches over everything. And even my, you know, my own stories, I'll get suggestions, hey, why don't you say this instead of that? Or, like, when I started out, I didn't, I wasn't aware certain words were considered not, you know, politically correct to use, or were more insulting along certain circles, and, you know, don't use this word, use that word, that kind of thing. Oh sure, and and to be fair, you know, again, I'm we're I think I don't want to speak for you. 
I think we're both coming from a more outside-in perspective where we have learned what not to say by accidentally having said right, it. Right. Or Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's um, how you learn. I mean, you learn yeah. from your mistakes. Well, that's, that's what life's all about. Yeah. You learn from your mistakes and nobody else's. I wouldn't have learned anything if I hadn't fallen on my ass multiple times. Um, oh, and so outside of that, I, on the end of a, of a, of a, <laughs> of a, you know, a bullet or something and they explode, you know, not to do that. Though. <laughs> well, sometimes have you, have you ever seen that thing where like two kids try to whiz on an electric fence? The first one gets shocked and the second one decides to do it anyways. I've seen yeah, that. I've, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the reason I want to address that is because I do, like I said, I do know trans people. And I, I do also happen to know that we have a few trans listeners to Geekish Cast, so I did want to address that just for my own sensibility. Oh, and, no. Yeah, it, and it, it, there's yeah. a valid point. There is a lot of content out there that is purely fetish. That is, you know, it, it gives off the wrong vibe. It, it's telling the wrong kind of story. Or, yeah. But then again, it's you know, you, you can't blame things of fiction on the way things are. No, no. Um, what I did find, because I was a little bit leery at first when we started talking about this, because, you know, now I'm going to have to read some of these, and it's not really my bread and butter, right? Right, right, right. So I was shocked, because I was expecting a, a sex book, period. And when I started reading, I was surprised about the story-to-sex ratio being so heavily on the story right. side that I was actually, uh, what would you call that, happily surprised? Um, surprised, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. So, so tell me, tell me a little bit about that. So, you, when you're doing these stories, and I don't know how many you write, I know you work with partners, right? Um, but it seems to me like you guys focus on the characters, and from what I've seen, you know, a third of it might be sex, and two thirds of it is actually character growth and development or transformation. I guess would be the proper term. Uh, yeah. I, when I was told going into this. By a, you know different fans who were looking at my work and giving me feedback on the forums was the the transformation is the the king, mm-hmm. and it's one of those you know anybody can do a sequence where you know uh, a sequence of drawings renders whatever of a man turning into a woman you know he grows breasts he gets hips he gets you know etc. the the uh, twig and berries disappear and that sort of thing, but to right. me that that wasn't. That wasn't what they were really getting at when they were telling me that statement. In my mind, it went, you know, it's not the transformation to the body as much as the mind. You know, first you have to like the character or dislike the character. You have to know the character. And then how does the character react to what's going on? And there's where, you know, that part of that, that aspect is to me. Right. You know, the more the more thought bubbles you're reading about, you know, what this character's going through, maybe that's the the feedback. I mean, the you know, I always think about the the brain is the largest erogenous zone on the human body. So they yep. say. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and we'll get another question here. Uh, Telsus asks, "What aspect of the transformation process do you enjoy the most, and why?" This is a long oh, one, yeah. Doug. So oh, let yeah. Me, yeah. A little, little, Let me know little, if you want to break in. background on Telsus, and since okay. uh, since I know Telsus as a client originally, a oh, client okay. that liked my work enough that this person then got into Poser and bought Poser, and I, I still get questions about Poser from them, uh, and has gone on to create a, uh, their own 
transgender transformation stories. Uh, wow. Yeah. Fun person. Great. So, great. Okay. And, and that, so, so the first, the first part of Telsa's question, uh, what aspect of the transformation process do you enjoy the most and why? Uh, you know, I like trying to figure out how this, how the breakdown's going to work. As, I mean, if we're talking just pure transformation, you know, and usually it's going to be a guy to a girl. You know, it's how much of the story is going to be dedicated to that. What's my sequence? You know, where's my middle, middle point? Where then, you know, my first quarter, my last quarter, and then I have to figure out my models along the way. You know, it starts getting more technical as far as anything. That's the part I enjoy. That, you know, here, my, here I am at step A, and I've got to get to step B, which is, you know, male to female, and now how do I fill in all the gaps between there? Where's A point, you know, 1.2, and et cetera. That, right. That's, for me, is fun, you know, especially when you hit the halfway point. Does it really look like it was that person originally and is going to this other person? And that's uh, to, to plug Harper Kelly a little bit, which is the new story. We're going to see that a lot over the course of the four issues. The, uh, the first transformation isn't it. There's going to be more. <laughs> Okay. Um, so tell us this next question. This is one I I have an interest in hearing as well because I'm, I'm not doing it so much right now because a lot of my creative energy is going into the podcast, but I am also a 3D, 3D artist, but I'm more sci-fi and superheroes um, and still shots. But uh, tell us also asks, what aspects of creating artwork using 3D do you find the most liberating and the most frustrating? Uh, frustrating is super easy to answer. Computer speed kills me mm -hmm. uh, you know i i try to to spend the most i can about every five years on the the best box i can get and you know it's great for six months <laughs> yeah but it's still <laughs> if if you play in poser and death studio you know it's like talking to a gamer you know the gamer gets the latest box the latest pc and can play whatever the latest game is at the highest frame rate and it's fantastic but then six months later, the next game goes out and just you know squashes them. It, oh yeah, you're forever yeah. upgrading RAM yeah. and changing video cards and yeah. Yeah, that's that's the frustration is when you're you know okay I'm ready to do this picture you hit render and then you know it's going to be you know from the first seconds you can tell that oh this is going to be an hour. <sighs> go yeah. get a cup of coffee, <laughs> go walk the dog, that sort of thing. Uh, the most liberating stuff. You know, back in the early 90s, I remember telling people that someday computers will give me the ability to create my own stories, not just, you know, think about them and have to draw them. I'll be able just to do it all on a computer, all by myself. And here I am today, and I can do that. You know, from from the the thought that popped in my head as I was taking a shower about, you know, I should do a story about pair of twins where this happens to one and the other one dies and this happens and now I can, you know, formulate all that into something somewhat coherent that people like and will actually read. Yeah. No, that is that is a cool side of it. Um, for me, not to jump off of you, but I like the fact that you can quickly rough in a scene and light it and kind of get a sense of even before you put all the work into it, is this composition going to work? Is this going to be workable? Because, you know, back when I used to draw, you get halfway into a panel and realize, this sucks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. and you get into the same thing with 3D. It's like, oh, man, yeah. this is not right. That body language is all wrong. 
I mean, I'm I'm working I'm working on the next uh, issue of Harper Kelly now, and I just did one where it's like, ah, she's all hunched over on her phone. She looks like Quasimodo. This isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. loosen that pose <laughs> up a little bit. You know, straighten up her back, and there we go. That looks better. That sort of thing. Yeah. But then the nice side is you don't have to throw out a full page because no. you screwed up the yeah, last panel. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us this next question. This is actually an interesting one. Um, of all the characters you've created over the years, which one did you find the most interesting and why? Uh, my favorite character so far is probably Billy Mallwood or Nix. Uh, Billy Mallwood is in the Miss Inspire story, and he's just been a fun character for me. He, uh, he starts off as he's you know one of the smartest people on the planet. Uh, he's lost his twin sister, who was also a superhero. She had, like, flame powers, kind of a, think of, like, human torch, starfire kind of thing. But he never had that ability. He was more of a Reed Richards smart guy. And he uh, tried to formulate a way to, to for himself to get those flame powers, and that's when he accidentally turns himself into the clone of his twin sister. And then he discovers that he likes that life and he stays like that even after he has the option to switch back now, on the other hand is Nyx which is NYX and she is the Greek goddess of dreams um, <clears throat> and she's a fun one because she's the enabler in a lot of my stories you have the you know the lonely nerdy guy who may not realize that he has gender problems or you know he, he would rather be happy as a woman and she enables that and then moves on okay i guess that's those are the two that i really like working with yeah and um i know the next one i definitely saw more than one story on uh tgcomics.com yeah. that you had done. yeah there's a yeah. we call it the nix anthology there's like four or five stories and I, I crank out another one every now and then. I've got an ongoing one that I just started. The bad thing is once you once you get into something, it does take a while to create one of these. Uh, like Harper Kelly, I've been working on since last August. It oh just, wow! So that's a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, it just in. came out yesterday. But as I as I work on something, I'll get a commission to do something else, and I have to you know can't work on them both. So you got to do the one that pays the bills first. Oh yeah, you got to prioritize. Um, Telsus has two more questions, um, but I think we'll get into the first one at a different point in here because I think it's asked again by somebody. Um, but the last one that they have is, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Oh, yeah. I, it's the, uh, well, what do you mean, an African or European swallow? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So that's that for Telsus' questions. <laughs> um yeah, we got an anonymous one here that I'm going to skip over. You know what I do kind of want to talk about for a minute is that um, your comics are full. Each page is a full page, right. um, which allows you the space to really. Um, I I liked looking through some of what you did here because all the scenes are well lit. The characters never have dead eyes or a resting bitch face unless they're hypnotized. <laughs> well. <laughs> That, I'm talking, yeah. yeah. I do have to hit those every now and then as is. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I, that, that was poor form of me to skip right over that. Oh, that's but all right. Everything's well, yeah, no, everything's well lit. Your characters have facial expressions or fingers, you know, what bends, bends, right. and what it twists, you have twisted. Um, you, there's always shit going on in the background. And in your story, Neighbors, there is a cat yes. 
Who is in as almost as much of the story as the story itself. And I thought that was kind of an interesting touch to have. The cat was kind of like our entry point character yep. to the rest of the exactly. scene. Yeah. And that, that was so, the purpose of the cat. Yeah, I actually found that. Because, again, you know, and I'm not trying to belabor this point too much. I was walking into this expecting fuck cards, right. and that was that. And I was, again, pleasantly surprised to discover something different. Why does that cat there name was, escape me right now? Oh, Clementine? Clementine yeah. Clemmy? Yeah. That's it. That was a, that was um, a fun one to work on with femur. Yeah. Uh, we got one here from Allie Bitch. Yep. Um, I don't mean to laugh at your name. God, I hope that's not what your parents called <laughs> you. But um, when will you be doing more sequences in smaller comics? Will they be posted to TG Comics or other sites? Uh, if it's a te- if it's a, a transgender comic, it's going to TG Comics no matter what. Okay. Um, it's doing smaller. I don't know if that means by smaller, shorter stories for free. Um, there is something. Well, they don't. There is something coming say. that's free and it's huge, and it's that Sabrina Turner story that I was talking about. Okay, and I I wouldn't figure necessarily that meant free, but your stories are rather in depth and you know forty chapters right. and yeah, so I took that just to mean smaller uh, vignettes. Right. Um, I read. I think that. the last short one I did was the uh, the one I did for Halloween called Lucky Witch, and that was a, a there was a it ended up being a Nick story, and I kept that hidden throughout it until you got to the very end of it. Um, I don't have any immediately planned after I get done with. Uh, the second issue of Harper Kelly, I do want to jump in back to my Senator story and then mm-hmm. jump back. But the, Harper Kelly is going to be a, it's a two year project in my mind. Okay. And I'm uh six, seven, seven months exactly. in. Yeah. It, it takes um, a while to, well, each issue is about 300 pages or so. And you talk about the, the single panel thing. Uh, I didn't, I didn't spot you a copy of my, one of my first thing, which was, uh, uh, Steffi, the Miss Tit Sorceress. <laughs> no, that was all me. Uh, that was a uh, basically it's it's a Doctor Strange story with a college co-ed who gets her powers from her boobs, and they have to be exposed for her powers to work. And that seems legit. Yeah, I think back yeah. to to my my first gig, Shirtless Girl. And then yeah. I, I basically took Cheryl's girl and turned her into Doctor Strange. And that one I actually did as, as a regular comic book layout with panels and, and that sort of thing. And looking at that, it's like, you know, on the web, I don't have to break things up a, as a regular page. I can do every single panel just as big as everything else and still you know get the impact. And you can flip through them really quick. And I switched to that style of storytelling. Yeah, and I think it's quite effective because I have tried to convert to digital comics just for, you know, DC Marvel stuff for a couple of years now, and the page formats just don't work. Um, You know, when you're reading something on a computer, you do have to handle it a little bit differently. Yeah, Yeah, I think the single panel works really well on a computer or a tablet or, you know, whatever you're viewing on. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you. Now, um, and there's really cool cinematic things you can do too, where you keep the camera still and you just have the things moving in and out of the you know, out of the shot. You can do you can pull off some neater stuff than you can on paper. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that, um, and I'm sure we will touch on this in an upcoming episode of just when we do our dial more for nerder for the next month or maybe the month after. 
But many times people doing 3D comics don't treat the pain of the image like a camera shot. They flip around wildly. You know what I'm talking about, and I probably should save that for another time. But that's not a problem that your stories have. Everything is – well, and I'm sure that comes to your background as a a, uh, graphic artist as well. That uh, I I love movies. I lo- I love cinema. You know I I'm one of those nerds that's trying to pay attention to how the shot is you know is composed. You know in addition to enjoying the shot at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then there's this next question comes from a, con- a um, collaborator of yours, and it kind of doves- dovetails back into the question of Tulsa's that I skipped over, but. Femur asks, I'd like to know how you and Renee, and I guess this is Renee Rosalie, yes. came up with the story, and that would be the Harper Kelly right. story. Did Renee cook it up and pitch it to you, or did you two brainstorm the plot together? Did you work from a full script from Renee, or did you do it more Marvel style, which is an older term that we can explain if we need right. to? And um, that also kind of dovetails back to Telsa's question. Uh, for your TG work, do you start with a fully developed story or a loose con- concept that you craft as you go? Uh, both is a simple answer there. Um, as far as, you know, I, I'll do, if, if, usually if it's a commission work for somebody, I'll get a script. And the script will be broken down page by page, what's generally going on in the image or specifically what's going on in the image. And then also, usually, you know, they have their dialogue that I'll add in word balloons or something like that. Uh, when I'm working on my own work by myself, it is really loosey-goosey. I, uh, I let my image tell me my story, and then I might go, oh, this this be a good dialogue for this page. And, yeah, you know, I know what point A is. I know, again, what point B is, and I'm just figuring out how to get there. As far as working with Renee, uh, she did pitch me the a dark TG office setting story is as it was the, there was a, a short story called customer service that we did uh, last year or the year before that's posted at TG comics. It's a, it's a freebie. It's all about a, uh, a, a guy sitting in his living room, reading a comic book and a, a, a girl magically appears to him and is going to punish him for being such a sexist pig. And it ends up she's, she's mm-hmm. got the wrong guy. And she, she turns him into a woman and basically sends him on or sends her on her way at that point just to cover up her poor customer service. And that was where that, that gag came from. But uh, Renee pitched me the idea for the uh, the Harper, Keller, Harper Kelly story, and we've worked on it together since. And basically, you know, can you do this? Can I do that in 3D? What should I be avoiding, you know? Do we do a large shot in a public square of a million people? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, do I don't not. have a James Bond kind of budget to do the helicopter trying to chop everybody up or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, you know, what can we do? What, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm actually working on a scene now that's going to be challenging to me. And I, I, I like it like this. This is be my first big action chase scene that I'm about to do. Uh, imagine somebody in a crowded lobby of a, of a large business being chased by security guards is what's about to happen here. Um, okay. But yeah, you know, the, 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 as far as Renee's final work, once it's been pitched, we 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 knocked it, you know, knocked it around for a little bit, and now I'm getting a, a completed script from her. That I'll put little notes here and there, and uh, you know, if, if I'll speed up the pacing. It's funny when we get to the sex scenes, 
that she'll actually go hands off and <laughs> probably the wrong term to use, but you know, here, you know what to do kind of thing. Yeah. And then I'll, you know, fill in the gaps and <laughs> probably again, the wrong term to use. <laughs> I'll, no, I, I've read a couple of your books. That's probably the right term to use and go from there. But yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the last, the last thing that I had that I wanted to bring up that I was a little bit uncomfortable with was in, well, um, I'm not going to name the book, but you almost had, well, not you, but in the story, the first introduction of the transformation from male to female was almost punitive, like being a woman was a punishment for something. Um, and in this case, it kind of was. I didn't know if I was reading too much into it or well, if is, you were doing There is mm-hmm. that type of story out there. Okay. And I've done those types of stories where it is a... Usually in, in my type of thing, it's a punishment against a, a chauvinist pig kind of thing here. And, you know, you're now going to have to live that life that you think is so horrible. Okay. And some of them it's even worse where the person has turned it. Like one I, I did turn into a, a sex doll. Uh, okay. The, uh, when you get into the, the TG stories, there are some people who like this one type of story and other people who hate it. And the type is where the character loses their mind completely. It's called a character loss. You know, Bob gets turned into Betty, and there is no Bob anymore. The, the, the Bob mind is gone. It just becomes a happy Betty kind of thing, if that makes any sense. Okay. And there's people who like that, and there's people who don't. Um, one of the, my earlier stories is called, it's called WTF, which is, of course, What the Fuck?, and the character goes through that, and as it's funny because we don't post the entire story at once when it goes up for sale. We'll post it in, in, in increments just to kind of space it out, like a like a television release or something, like a you know a weekly thing. And as the feedback was coming, as this character was changing, some people were getting very angry that the character was being lost. Mm. And it didn't change the ending at all to me, but it was kind of fun for me to think that, you know, you don't realize this character is going to come back by the end of this, or you'll see the signs that the character's coming back. So it was kind of a you know, funny little payoff that, ha, 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 by the end of it, you were wrong. I, I, I was bringing him back well the entire time. But I've done okay. ones where you do lose the character, and it's it's gone forever. And those are just quick little, you know, those are the little vignettes that I might do. It depends. I mean, I do, I don't do just one type. I, I do bounce around a little bit. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so let's see here. So that kind of covers all the questions we really had. That kind of covers the the things I wanted to bring up. Uh, Doug, what do you, I mean, is there anything I didn't hit that you want to say or talk about about this? Oh, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. I'm trying to think here. Um, Drawn. Here's my cricket noise. We need that cricket noise right yeah. there. Well, I, I will find some today that we can we can pipe in. Um, but you know, I mean, this is that's fine because this is always something we can revisit right, right. Um, again. You you co-host or well, or at I, least you I, know I, contribute I, fairly I often. Do have a question for you. Yeah. What do you think sure. of Harper Kelly? Um, the artwork was very right. good. I, I wanted to the the boss in the story. I wanted to hit him with a fucking vase over Perfect. the head. Um, so I think your characters come across the way that you you intend them to come across. Yeah, uh, they're a little two dimensional at first. A little bit, yeah. But you know, again, Doug, it's it's not it's 
not your I, cup of I tea. I don't want this. To, it's not my cup of tea. It's not something I would normally read. I'm I'm a pretty I'm a pretty vanilla guy, you know. Um, vanilla, I like that. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things that you know. I think I mean I think the artwork is very good. I think your renders are fantastic. I think your composition is very well set up. Your story pacing I think is good. Um, your characters, like you said, you know, they come off a little flat at the beginning, but name me a story where that doesn't really happen. Yeah, you don't know every character um, walking in the door unless you've yeah. you've already and, read all about them and know everything. And and then when the movie or you know or comic book doesn't portray them the way you're expecting, you get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we just saw a yeah. bunch of that. So they went, oh, we don't really need the. Well, <laughs> we've done that yeah. one enough. But I, I overall, I thought it was good. It's just the 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 connection to the content wasn't right. there for me. But I mean, you've got a pretty wide audience, so you know, I, I don't think you need me for validation. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's always cool to get feedback from another three D artist. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, you know what goes in the lighting. And I, oh, and absolutely. It's like the first thing I do if I buy somebody's setting is I, I almost never use their lighting. I always use my own. Yeah, you know what? I personally, from the the handful of sets I've bought that have lighting, I always kind of just look at it and go, why the fuck do you people include this garbage? <laughs> exactly. It's all wrong. And then every now and then you hit one like, wow, I never thought to do that. Yeah, so, but that's that's few and far between yep. right there. That is really few and far between. Um, yeah, Doug, so if you've got nothing else to say, why don't you go ahead and give us a rundown on if, if people want to go check out your, uh, your adult comics, where can they find them at? Uh, well, you can always hit sturkwork.com. That's S-T-U-R-K-W-R-K.com. For the TG stuff, it's tgcomics.com. And the mind control stuff is mindcontrolcomics.com. Those are all pretty easy to find. Okay. And the uh, the mind control stuff I should plug in. That's almost all written by Daphne, and that's the name she goes by there. Um, and okay. besides comics, they actually produce actual porn movies too. It's, it's a separate site. You know, it's under the same mind control header, but that's um, it's, it's kind of cool. That's if you work out in San Francisco, I guess that's the place you want to go. <laughs> all right and uh guys thank you again for joining us uh this is geekishcast.com you can find our episodes there uh we were joined again today by doug sterk um you'll find us on our facebook page at facebook.com slash geekishcast i tweet from at the geekishcast thank you everybody we'll talk to you soon